loving God, we come in the name of Jesus, who is the bread of life. Thank you that he came down from heaven for us into this world, knows what it's like, and draws us and feeds us. So feed our spirits today. Uh, encourage us by your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do be seated, everybody. Well, our children um, are going to be learning a little bit today about our communion service, and one of the things they're going to be thinking about, first of all, is about uh, the Old Testament story of how God fed his people in the wilderness with manna, and they're going to be chasing some manna around, but um, we'll be interested to see exactly what what that is. Uh, We may hear a little bit about that later on. But uh, we thought it might be helpful for us to think a little bit about our own Um, communion service at Lifestreams and how it's put together. And um, uh, I'm not sure how it appears to you, whether it appears to you um, very structured or very random, or uh, they always say that if you go to a church, um, by the third time you go to a church, you know exactly the order that things are going to happen. Whatever church you go to, um, that you can always guarantee uh, you'll know. And there's some good stuff in that, that it's actually uh, helpful to have some structure, to give some stability, and to help new people to feel part of us. But there's also, um, hopefully at times, within that some variety, but hopefully not so random that you get what we call spiritual seasickness, uh, where you're really not quite sure where where things are heading. And so we thought we'd talk a little bit about some of this together. Um, This is uh, just an example of what it can be like, and we can forget this, of what it's like to be new in the pew, uh, to come or perhaps to visit a different place and to wonder what is happening and particularly um, if you're still if we're still using books or where are we up to or which one and um, fortunately we've hopefully solved that problem by using screens. I always wonder what we'd do if, if the screens weren't working but there we go. It'd be interesting to see what we've actually retained and remembered uh, within us and um, then also um, the aerobic workout thing of the getting up and down. Some say, oh, Anglicans are forever getting up and down all the time. Um, if you go to an orthodox service, you actually stand the whole time, and uh, but you're also welcome to prostrate yourself on the floor. And I can remember going to an orthodox service in Bristol in the middle of winter when it was snowing, you know, even more than we have today. And um, it was certainly a way to keep warm. People just kept moving and shifting the positions that, that were in standing. Sit, uh, they weren't sitting, actually. They had a few seats around the edge for older people but um, otherwise everybody else stood but you were also free to walk around so every place uh, has its different ways of doing things but it can be a bit confusing it was interesting I know uh, Mark said uh, has been talking a little bit about what it was like for uh, Pip for you and him to be visiting different churches and finding your way and where do I go and watch which door and where do I sit and how does it work and we all know uh, what that's like we can feel like a fish out of water can't we So uh, just to perhaps help us um, along with that is to think about worship and what we do as something we do together. And that word liturgy, which is the the technical word um, we use for what we do together as we gather as people and what appears on our run sheet, actually literally means the work of the people. It's not just something that happens up here at the front. Uh, It's something that we do together, people at work. And all those uh, different uh, jobs or tasks, they have different names in different churches, uh, but many 
hear them are doing the same thing. They're all different ways of ministering and being part of the people of God at work. So one of the first things we say is worship is not a spectator sport. Uh, we're not just sitting there <laughs> saying, entertain me. Um, this is worship is something that we do together and do together. And it's a game of two halves. I'm sorry if the ball's not quite the right shape there, but um, for those who were watching last night. But um, hopefully that helps us just to see how the whole thing fits together. But I don't want you to panic if we get to half past ten on the service and you think, right, here's this nice hour, and, oh, they've got to half past ten and they're not halfway through, because, I mean, we panic. Uh, <laughs> and you'll see, uh, because there is flexibility within the timing, and we're following pretty well, sometimes you'll see that we make a few cuts or do things, um, and we try and be flexible within that, but also to honour um, our, those with families and with children uh, and our little ones on the timing of our children's programme. So broadly two halves, the first part we call the ministry of the word and prayer and that's when we're particularly listening to what the scriptures are saying to us and, and praying. We're, we're given the opportunity to respond. It's not just coming at us if you like but we are given the opportunity to respond as we hear and listen and as we pray. And then the second half is the ministry of the sacrament and um, that's um, my friend Bishop Ellie there actually in Wellington so that was a, a, a place that I know now well. A sacrament literally means, it's um, one of those expressions that some of us may have learnt in, in when we were confirmed, it was, it, we talk about an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. So it's something that uses pictures and symbols on the outside and in communion we have the bread and the wine but it's talking about things that are going on in the inside uh, at a spiritual level that Jesus feeds us with himself and that Jesus is present with us so that we can feel uh, we can feed on Christ spiritually and find spiritual nourishment together. The other um, sacrament that we have, which is really important, is baptism. And of course, in baptism, you have the symbols of water and oil. And um, there's another one, isn't there? Um, there's bound to be. <laughs> another one, Christine? Yes, okay, the candle, the light of Christ. Next week, we're having Tessa Wright's baptism, by the way. Um, so we'll be rejoicing uh, with, with them, as well as sharing lunch together afterwards. So look for the outward and visible signs of the inward and spiritual grace of what is going on in baptism. So just to go, whoops, I think I've shot through several there. Let's go back here. Here's um, the first part is the ministry of the word and prayer. And first of all, on the left, we gather. That's the very first thing that we do. And we form community together. And we have quite a sort of a staggered gathering, don't we? Cause, and we understand that. It takes a while to find a park. It certainly takes, it's a challenge for, for people to get here from all parts of our um, city and to, um, with families, we understand that. And so we're, you know, we don't, lock the doors, if you like, um, <laughs> where people are free to arrive as they can, and we gather and make community together. And part of our making community together is worshipping together and singing together, and we bring our praises to God. We reinforce to each other that God loves us and wants the best for us and cares for us. But we also remember God's glory and God's holiness and that challenges us, doesn't it? And so that's the reason why almost right near the beginning, um, after our initial praise together, we have the confession and the absolution. And it's actually an opportunity to say, 
I realise as we've come that maybe actually <coughs> we had an argument on the way in the car. And, um, you know, it was a real struggle to get here as a family or just um, whatever it was. And did you hear in that um, our first reading today, it was immensely practical about um, the way that we live together as families and communities. Um, don't let the sun go down on your anger. I always remember my mum used to say, otherwise you end up with hot tongue and cold shoulder. <laughs> um, which I wonder what on earth she was talking about, but eventually I cottoned on. Um, so we realise that, you know, we come with burdens often um, with perhaps relationships where there have been upsets or things that, you know, that we may not be in a good space, but we've still got here. Well done for that. But we, um, we come and we say sorry to God. And we say, I've fallen short. Now, sometimes we might think, well, actually, I've had not a bad week. I've been pretty good. I've, you know, I haven't you know, mucked up too many things. But actually, we're also very aware of the brokenness of the world. And so when we say confession together, we also are saying we're sad when we hear about things in the news of things that have gone wrong in the world. We're sad about those five young lives lost um, down south overnight. We are sad and we're broken and our world is broken and we're sorry about those things. So that's why it's always something we do together and it's always framed in, in we. But then we know um, the word absolution. Absolution's a bit like the word, we talk about absolve, but we also, it's a bit like dissolving. We dissolve something, it disappears, it goes away. And Jesus takes away uh, our sins and the wrong things we've done and took away the sin of the world at the cross. And so then uh, we can know that we are free. We often have those words, be at peace. Uh, let God's peace come into your heart. Uh, let that settle within you, that you know that you are forgiven. And so that's really important. I'm often interested that people say to us, um, they don't sort of say you go over the top on that. They actually say, often people from other churches say, it's a really important part that we actually value, well, that we see that you do. And we can see how it's important uh, to do and to, to recognise that. So then we go on from there. And we now come to the proclamation. And I put a trumpet in there because this is actually, it's not just, you know, sort of reading a bit of the, you know, a bit of a few words in front of us. It's actually proclaiming God's word and God's scriptures. So first of all, we have that collect, and it's a funny way to pronounce it, but it is actually a word that comes from us from English. It's a collecting together of this, any special themes for the day and what we want to do together. So even though we pronounce it collect, I don't know why, um, we're actually collecting together and bringing it into one prayer. And then we have uh, normally a couple of readings, and uh, usually our first one will be either from the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, or as today from the Epistles. Sorry, that's covered up there, hasn't it? Moved up a bit, um, as we heard. And I don't know whether you heard today in that reading that Evie read to us how many times there was the words one another. And, you know, it's just one another, forgiving one another, caring for one another, supporting one another. Um, they're very much the letters that were written to the early church about, and they weren't perfect, um, about how we get on with each other. And then we come to the gospel. And that's always from one of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Hold the horse while I get on. Um, <laughs> one of those weird rhymes. Um, and why do we stand for the gospel? Well, we stand for the gospel out of respect that it speaks to us of Jesus, 
that it's the good news of Jesus. So it's not just a stretch break before the sermon, although it could be, um, but actually it's saying we honour um, Jesus and we honour the message that comes to us from the, from the Gospels. Obviously, if people aren't able to stand, that's absolutely fine. There's no laws about these things, and we quite understand if people are busy with little ones or you know or are not able to stand uh, for things. That's that's entirely fine. But that's that's the reason why we do that together. And oh, just to say, as as part of that. Um, Sorry, just as part of that proclamation, those of you who are reading, it's really great when you say at the end, not this is the gospel of Christ, boom. This is the gospel of Christ. These are real, you know, they're um, really getting it out there. So those things we say at the end and that we respond to are really important. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Um, so they're, they're sort of not just sort of little endings, they're actually proclamation. So feel free to proclaim. Um, get your trumpet out, if, if you like, um, there. Then we come on to, to the sermon, a little bit different today. But the sermon has those two different directions within it. They're looking back to the scriptures and what they're going to say to us, and then looking forward to how we apply. How do we apply what those scriptures say to us that were written hundreds of years ago? How do we apply what they say to us uh, to the present and to life in God's world? How do we apply what um, we read and what we hear to how we go out and live our lives in the rest of the week? And that's the Holy Spirit's job. To a, to, to a large extent, the Holy Spirit works uh, with our human personality and with all of us. And um, we, those of us who have the privilege uh, and the challenge of being preachers, often people will say to us, I really appreciated that you said X uh, today. And, and you'll think, oh, I don't think I said that. <laughs> Oh, I'm not sure that I remember saying that, or in exactly that way. But God speaks um, through the scriptures and through the words that are said. Um, and that's where it's a sort of a, a, a working together uh, with God and through our different personalities. And so we might hear quite different things. And one of the amazing things is that God takes uh, what we write and say uh, prayerfully and can apply it to different things. We don't know all the things that are, are going on. We know some things that are going on uh, for some of you, but God is able to take and apply those scriptures to us. That's quite an amazing thing. And then we have our chance to respond. And part of that is responding deep in our hearts. And maybe it's bringing the, the prayer of our hearts, whether it's as short as help, uh, which is perhaps the shortest prayer, but just as valid as, as lots of words. Uh, whether it's just saying, here I am, Lord, this is all I can manage today, but here I am. Um, you know, and then all these other things that often we bring into our written prayers, our concerns for our world and the leaders of our world, prayers for our own little Aotearoa down there. I can never often find you know, world maps. We're always around the back. You know? um, so here we are. Uh, those on our hearts, those in special need, um, and our own needs. The needs of the church throughout the world, thinking um, very much of our friends in Fiji at the moment with real challenges there, and the church leaders have a strong role to, to play in encouraging vaccinations um, in, in Fiji. 
And um, Bishop Brown always reminds me at the bottom, don't forget to say thank you. Uh, you know, we come with our shopping list and that's fine, but don't forget to say thank you. And that's what we do as, as we gather. We bring our thanks as well as our uh, things we're asking for. And God hears all that sometimes mixed bag. Sometimes for you, um, we have somebody leading the prayers. But I've put up there too a reminder, this is the work of all the people. We pray as well. Uh, sometimes for you, you might just need a wee bit of space just to um, absorb and to pray on your own. But other times, you can be part of that work of the people as we pray uh, and say, Amen, yes, so it be. Uh, may that be the case. And then we come on to the second half, the ministry of the sacrament. And um, that begins here, after the prayers. And it's interesting that the first part of the ministry, this part of our service, is actually the peace. And it's something that was um, part of the early church. And originally, it was a health and safety and a security thing, because it was illegal in the first few centuries of the Christian faith to meet. And it was dangerous and there might be spies. So actually, when you were going around greeting everybody and passing the peace, you were checking that there were no um, spies in there, if you like, uh, no people who were going to um, inform on you or you know, that, you, that you were a Christian. So we forget, and it is still the case for some people around the world today, that it is not easy to meet uh, for communion together. And so part of what would happen uh, would be at this point of the service, people would go around and greet each other, and it originally was called the Kiss of Peace, uh, and it was done by everybody. It followed pretty much the cultures of the time and the way that people greeted each other. And then uh, it was actually, I think, the warden's job, or those people said, the doors, the doors, and the doors were shut, um, and it was just those who remained who had communion together. So it was a, it was a safety thing. Uh, we think of those locked rooms of the disciples, never take for granted uh, the freedom with which we have to meet. Now, this got a bit lost in the church, but it was the church in the South India in the 1940s who actually brought it back into our liturgy. And a lot of people said, oh, my goodness, a lot of Anglicans said, we're not going to have to touch each other, are we? <laughs> or shake hands or greet each other or all the stuff we're far too. Oh, my goodness. Uh, anyway, and you know that um, we've had quite some years of, of, of that now. And of course, with COVID and all the challenges of that, we've had to actually be far more flexible about how we do that. And there's a myriad of ways that we can greet one another. But it's not just a greeting. It's actually meant to be also that second half of the confession, if, if you like. It's saying, if, there's, if during that time I thought, actually, I did fall out with someone or I've, you know, we've, we've had a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, bit of a problem between us. This is the time that we actually make peace with one another. And before we come to communion together, we make peace horizontally, if you like. Um, God assures us of this, but we make sure that we are one people together. And sometimes that involves saying something. Other times it just involves the fact that you've actually made the effort to go over and to give someone a hug or to shake their hand. Not you know, that we haven't uh, circulated around people. And that can be challenging, but that's actually what uh, the peace is all about as well, horizontal peace as well as vertical. And then we come and offer our, our money and our gifts for the city mission, and at the same time we offer ourselves, and you'll notice that song often has a reflection of giving ourselves to God. 
Uh, so the things that we offer are a symbol of our self-offering. And <clears throat> we've used often, this is one of my favourite pieces of street art um, in Christchurch in town, just north of the Avon. You can find it there. Then we move on. And you remember a couple of weeks ago we had the story of the loaves and the fishes. And we, we heard that Jesus took the loaves and when he'd given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated and also the fish. And that's John's, and actually in John's gospel, we don't have um, John telling about what happened uh, on Monday, Thursday night. We don't hear about the bread and the wine of the Last Supper. In John's gospel, what we hear about is the foot washing, which is interesting. Um, but we think this, when he tells the story of Jesus feeding the, um, the 5,000, was when he's also talking about communion. Because we remember on that nice night, that Maundy Thursday night, while they were eating, this is Mark's uh, version, Mark we think is the earliest of the Gospels, uh, while they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them, and said, take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it, and he said to them, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many. The new covenant, the new relationship possible with God because of Jesus' death and life for us. And so we, the early church has always valued those words and we still use those exactly the same words today. And when we come to communion, you'll see up in that top corner, you'll still hear those same words. We take, we give thanks, we break and we give. And that actually happens in all the rest of the communion service at a macro level, because first of all we take, which is the preparation of the gifts, which our communion assistants do during that offertory hymn, and then it's ready for us to take. Then we give thanks in the great thanksgiving prayer. Then we break the bread, and then it's distributed or given out in the communion. So at a macro level, big picture level, we're doing those things that Jesus asked us to do. But we'll also um, come in at a micro level, if you like, because first of all, we have the great thanksgiving. And again, that's the priest and the people together. It's not just sitting back watching something that's happening up the front. This is something we do together. And we try to stand if we can, but if we're not able to, that's absolutely fine, and we quite understand um, if it's easier for people to sit. Uh, but it begins with a dialogue, and the dialogue reminds us that we're doing this together. And so, so when I say to you, the Lord is here, you reply, lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Now, do you know that has been said in the church right back from the very earliest centuries? It's one of the very earliest dialogues. And so we are saying something that has been said over and over and over in language after language, in country after country around our world. So that's pretty special. And it also acknowledges that the Lord is here. Where two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, he promises to be with us. And that's pretty special. Then we have the bit that's called the preface, and that's actually, uh, it's different each time, or it varies from time to time, but it always is like telling the salvation story. It talks about God as creator. It talks that he sent Jesus into the world. It talks about Jesus' life, death, 
and resurrection and ascension for us. It talks about the Holy Spirit given to the church. And it's a prayer. And it's saying thank you for all those things. And then we respond uh, with the wonderful words that again are hugely old. Holy, holy, holy. In fact, uh, the first part of it comes from the book of Revelation. So we think it was one of the very earliest songs of the church that were written down. And then blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We think back to Palm Sunday. We think when Jesus rode into Jerusalem and the people acclaimed him as Messiah. But we also think in a way that is, that is really um, mystery that Jesus is with us now as we celebrate communion together. And that is an amazing thing that Jesus uh, comes and is with us. And then you'll find that we use those words, we tell, we retell those words, and just about all the churches across use these words in one way or another. So look out for the took bread, gave you thanks, broke it, gave it to his disciples. And then when we come to the cup, he took the cup, he gave thanks. He doesn't break the cup. I'm always worried that I'm going to do the wrong bit at that point. <laughs> um, but then distributes it. So those are the things we share together. Uh, almost, we think, exactly the words that Jesus used at that last supper. And then um, some further prayer. And I suggest you focus on the verbs that we use then, because we're doing a number of things. We're recalling Jesus' death and resurrection. And in Jewish thought, when you recalled something as important as this, it's bringing it into the present just as if you were there when it happened. It's bringing it right up front, uh, front and forwards in our consciousness. It's, so it's looking back, but bringing the past into the present and then looking forward into the future when we look for, for the coming of Christ's kingdom and the heavenly banquet. It's celebrating together. It's praying for the Holy Spirit to come upon the bread and wine and upon us to renew us. And it's worshipping with all earth and heaven. And again, we have one of those very ancient uh, uh, little prayers that we respond with, which also has those axes of the going out through all the ages, here and everywhere, out through all the world, now and forever, right through all the ages and all the places, all times and all places we give glory to God. And then as we come to share the family meal, we pray the family prayer. Sometimes this is in slightly different places, sometimes it ends uh, the prayers, but we do that and uh, here we're learning to, to pray it in Tereo. Some of you uh, may like to use this very ancient prayer position of the church, it's called the Orans, literally just means praying uh, position, which helps us and we see it in a lot of worship too as, as people sing and worship that we are saying we are open to God, our hands are open and we're praying. And then we break the bread. Um, didn't get one of us for this one, but uh, there it is. And we remember that Jesus broke bread to feed the crowd. His broken body brings us salvation. And then we share bread, which is to us the body of Christ. And as we feed on Jesus, the bread of life together, we are remembered. Um, it's a lovely way of thinking about a body. We're put back together as the body of Christ. Maybe we've splintered a bit, but as we all gather as equal and equal footing around the table, we're gathered back together into Christ. And then we share together the family meal. 
everybody is welcome at the family meal. We have an open table here. We don't ask. Uh, we offer uh, communion to everybody and uh, of all ages and stages. Um, and so all are most welcome. Uh, at, at the Lord's table and you'll see with the little ones it's always so lovely with our toddlers uh, it gets to a point where they want um, their own and we offer that and we help and work with parents and, and family to do that together so that we uh, can all share together as the family meal part of it too is prayer ministry that's an important part that goes on alongside our communion of the body of Christ praying for the body of Christ and we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. And then finally, of course, we go out. Uh, the body of Christ has gathered and then it's going to be dispersed out. And so our focus starts moving outward, our closing prayer, hearing back from our children and young people the things that they're going to take out, uh, our notices, which are often community uh, facing, talking about our life together, and then our blessing. If we're going to be a blessing to others, we need to know God's blessing first of all. And then going out with our lovely dismissals, sent out into the world. We used to have a sign out by the gate here, I think it was when just whatever... Um, you know, it was our um, notice board, but on the back of it, which was facing this way, it used to say the service has ended, but no, that the worship has ended, but the service begins, um, which was sort of a message to us, uh, a reminder to us that our service goes right on, uh, not just on Sunday, but right through the week. Uh, but first of all, I've just put in there, yes, first of all, before you go, have that coffee, uh, that fellowship, that drink, that fellowship is the body of Christ together. So I hope that helps us a little bit to think about what it means to feed on Christ as individuals, but also together. What it means to, to receive the body and blood of Christ, but also to be the body of Christ together. Uh, so now we're going to turn to prayer, which is our response. And so I invite you with a good heart to join in on the responses. Steve, I think, is leading us in prayers today. Thank you.